0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. This is your host, Brian Kennedy, and this is part two of the three-part series on optimizing your day. Part one, I went through my current morning routine and how I structure the first couple hours of the day, to really kick kick off things right. Now, in today's episode, I'll be building off that on the strategies I use to stay productive and focused and just feeling good throughout the course of the day. So this is a general Monday through Thursday for me. Fridays are a little bit different. Weekends are a little different. Obviously, I'm not working as much or at different times of the day. But during the work week, this is pretty usual for me. And so, I finished off on last episode, which go back and listen to that if you missed it. On you know, capping off the the morning with a lift, a sauna, a cold shower. At this point, is typically when I'll ha- I'll whip up a smoothie. So my smoothie has evolved quite a bit as I've continued to grow. And I make a big ass smoothie. Like this is not a a wimpy like protein shake. So I'll take the blender, I'll put in two cups of frozen organic blueberries. I'll put in like half a pound of uh, raw carrots. So I'll get the big carrots and literally use like eight, eight ounces of carrots. So it's tons of carotenoids and fiber and really beefy. And then I'll peel and throw in half a cucumber. I find that the cucumber, the carrots, really work well as far as easy to digest vegetables that have great nutrient density, but also don't carry along a lot of the the anti-nutrients that are found in spinach and kale like oxalates and other types of uh, leafy greens that can be a little bit hard on the digestive system for many. For me at least, and for many patients I work with, cucumber, berries, these things are fan-freaking-tastic for a smoothie that's easy on the gut, very hydrating, very nourishing. So that's kind of the bulk base of it. And then I'll throw in a bunch of different powders and supplements, which include a good grass-fed collagen protein, typically 20 to 30 grams of collagen. I'll also put in either um, a plant protein or a whey protein. So I'm getting in the neighborhood of 40 to 50 grams of total protein in the smoothie. And then from there, I'll also add in half a teaspoon of salone cinnamon, which helps keep the blood sugar stable and is fantastic for all sorts of benefits. I'll throw in a tablespoon of lecithin. Uh, I get a non-GMO lecithin granules from uh, NOW, and it's a great source of phospholipids like phosphatidylcholine and phosphatidylserine, which are amazing for your cognitive function, fantastic for your nervous system, have a lot of benefits. Uh, I've used it for patients with fatty liver because it helps break up fatty deposits, um, and it's a fat emulsifier. But for myself, I use it for essentially preventing any neurodegenerative issues and optimizing my cognitive function and having the raw material on board to support my brain function throughout the day through these uh, phospholipids. And then I'll add in a couple other little supplements. Uh, You know, I'll typically put in uh, like a low dose, like two grams of creatine monohydrate. I'll also throw in a tablespoon of cod liver oil. It's one of my favorite fats to use in the smoothie. I'll put in a tablespoon of MCT oil Uh, Those are going to bring in the fatty acids to complement the carbohydrates and protein. And then I'll do a tablespoon of Mother Earth Labs. Uh, They make a comprehensive uh, multivitamin that has all sorts of different vitamins, minerals, all organic food source called pH Bouncer. I'll put that in the link. Uh, But this is a liquid I've been adding to my smoothies that is just freaking fantastic. So if you prefer that over a capsule and you just want to add it into the blender, I think it works great for that. Um, I don't really mess around with any greens powders or anything like that. I just find that I feel better without them. And then as far as other supplements, I might be missing a couple little things, but that's pretty much the bulk of it. And then I'll liquefy this big ass smoothie with either water or coconut milk, but usually water. And then this will make like a legit 40 ounces of smoothie. Like this is a lot of volume from the carrots, the berries, the, uh, the, the cucumber, along with all these other things I'm throwing in there. And I'll put it in uh, like a hydro flask, like a stainless steel insulated thermos. And I'll slowly sip that throughout the whole, you know, throughout the kind of course of the morning. So I'll typically have this smoothie sometime around 9 a.m., sometimes a little earlier, sometimes a little later. And I'll sip it as I dive into the day and drink it over the course of like an hour. And it stays cold because it's in this insulated thermos. It's really easy on the gut and digestive system because I'm not pounding it all in one go. So it's kind of the slow bleed of nutrition. So you feel the same mental clarity and energy levels as if you're fasting, which a lot of people will do intermittent fasting and not eat until lunchtime because they feel freaking great fasting because you have, you know, this surge in norepinephrine and you got, you know, no food in your stomachs, your body's not diverting all the energetic resources towards digesting your big ass breakfast. Well, with what I'm outlining, you get a lot of those same benefits from a performance standpoint and feeling really good, but you also get the nutrients to power your brain and body. And to mitigate any excess cortisol response from, you know, the stress of going through all this stuff during the day and not eating anything, I find it's the best of both worlds. Freaking amazing. And even in the winter, not that we get cold winters, I'm here in San Diego, so a cold winter day is nothing like it is in other parts of the country. But even when it's colder outside, I, I still really like the smoothie. I'm a big fan. And on days when I really want something warm, more warming to the body, I'll have uh, some bone broth. You know, I'll warm up some bone broth and do some different spices and a little bit of fresh lemon or lime and drink it just like you would a cup of coffee. That's another great way to kind of kick off the day from a nutrition perspective. So as I get this smoothie going, I'll typically work, start working on business. So I have a walking work desk, little treadmill workstation where I have a standing desk with a walking pad right below it. And this is where I will get the day started. Usually I'll have calls either with, you know, patient calls um, on the phone or I'll work a lot of the times lately, especially I've been reserving the first couple hours of the day of the workday towards working on my business. So I'll work on different things re- relating to marketing or content or different things with my team and, you know, my assistant on what we were working on this week. Just a lot of backend things. And then I'll typically go strong on the treadmill, walking and working, sipping my smoothie for a good 90 minutes to two hours. So that would take, typically take me up to about 11 a.m. And you know, by then I've finished the smoothie and I'll switch from walking on my workstation to outside in the sunshine. This is a non-negotiable for me. Around midday, so solar noon between 11 and 1 p.m. But typically I reserve this for about 11 to 12, especially this time of year. I'll go outside and take off all my clothes. I'm in my gated area, my yard. So, you know, it's not like I'm out in, in public here and I'll lay on my back for 20, 30 minutes full sun exposure, and then I'll flip over and lay on my stomach for 20 or 30 minutes. This is optimizing the sensible sun exposure of the near-infrared light you get, the, the vitamin D synthesis, the melanin production, all the different benefits we get hormonally from our neurotransmitter perspective. I've talked in length about the benefits of the sun, and this is really harnessing that during the peak day, which is fantastic time, especially if you're kind of used to the sun. Now, different people will do different amounts, depending on what you can tolerate, depending on the time of year. Um, but I do about 30 minutes each side, especially in the winter where the sun isn't as strong. Go back and listen to my episode. You can type in sensible sun exposure, learn all about this practice, all about the benefits, how to incorporate it into your day. But while I'm out there laying down, it's not like I'm just twiddling my thumbs, wasting time. I'm still working. So typically when I'm laying on my back, I'll be on my phone, getting back to patient texts, you know, on WhatsApp, answering emails, doing any number of things on my cell phone. And then when I flip over onto my chest and laying, I'm laying on the floor, getting sun on my back. I'll be on my computer and same thing, just kind of working. This is when I get back to a lot of people, when I try and, you know, get back to a lot of inbound stuff I get. Whereas the first portion of the day, I really like to focus more on what I want to accomplish, the high, you know, high priority things that I want to execute on. During this midday is almost like my quote unquote sunbreak when I'll do a lot of back and forth communication with people via text and email. And then I'll also sometimes reserve a portion of this time to do some reading or maybe some thinking time, brainstorming. You know, kind of setting some stuff up, looking at labs for consoles I have later that afternoon. If I'm reviewing people's lab tests beforehand, taking some notes on those things, all sorts of different options. But I'm utilizing this time effectively and efficiently while outside getting the sun. And then I'll cap off this time in the sun with a quick set of like kettlebell swings or pull-ups or any exercise just to kind of re-energize my mind. And, in the you know, especially in the warmer months, I'll cap all that off with a nice cold outdoor shower to rinse off any sweat. Even in the winter months, sometimes I do that, even though I'm not sweating, just because it totally revitalizes you and you just feel fantastic. And then the second half of the day, so that, that took me from, you know, if you're following me, the morning stuff took me to about 839. Then I was on my treadmill working and walking and working for a couple hours till about 11, 15. And then I do about an hour outside in the sun. So now we're right about 12, right about midday. And so the second half of the day, I like to fire in some type of nootropic. I love things that can help stimulate your brain and help you think better and help you ultimately have enhanced executive function with little snow downside. You know, nootropics are just natural compounds that enhance cognitive function. And so I don't really mess around with any pharmaceuticals in this arena. I just think the, the long-term downsides outweigh the short-term boost of things like Adderall or Ritalin or Modafidil or any number of these different smart drugs. While they are effective and i've experimented with them in the past and they're just so freaking strong and i think that they could be very deleterious long term so for me a couple of my go-tos in the world of nootropics uh, i really like a low dose of kratom kratom is a natural herb uh, indigenous to southeast asia it provides a very nice dopaminergic effect so you get this nice boost in energy focus euphoria you're totally dialed in i love it and in lower doses i think it's very effective in higher doses, I'm not as big of a fan of it. It can be used for pain management and other things at higher dosages. But interestingly, it has a much more energizing effect in lower dosages, somewhat of a sedating effect for some folks in a higher dosage. So I'll use two to three grams of Kratom. And this is, again, one of my all-time favorites. I'll have that and I'll just be going strong for three, four, five hours and just feel freaking on top of things. Totally love it. No crash, minimal downside. And I'll use this once or twice a week. Um, I like to kind of rotate nootropics. So you're kind of working on different pathways and not become reliant on any one thing or building any type of tolerance or desensitizing the receptors. Other days, instead of Kratom, I might use a few milligrams of oral nicotine, like a piece of nicotine gum, or uh, I actually have these mints, uh, this company, Knickknack Natural sent me. They did not endorse me or sponsor me or anything like that. They just sent me some mints. I tried them out. They're fantastic. And... Uh, they're one of the cleaner nicotine products i found. So a Nick Neck Naturals. I don't know what the URL is. I imagine it's something like along those lines. Really clean, high quality oral nicotine. And now most people associate nicotine with cigarettes, which are like death sticks. No one should smoke cigarettes. I don't even think anyone should vape. I think vaping is horrible. You see so many people on these vape pens just sucking them down like it's oxygen. And I think that's really bad too with all the propylene glycol and other constituents in the vape. And I just don't like breathing anything harmful into my lungs. You know, during college and stuff, I used to smoke cannabis and I stopped that because I'm just like, I don't want anything that's going to damage my lungs. So I stopped that a long time ago for other reasons as well, because it wasn't the most productive thing I could be doing. But when it comes to nicotine, oral nicotine actually has a lot of neuroprotective properties and used in small amounts. I think it's similar to caffeine and that it could provide a lot of benefits, but you could always overdo a good thing. So in larger amounts, I don't think it's the best. It's very habit forming. It can be very addictive. Uh, so I'll take periodic breaks from it, but a couple times a week, putting in a piece of nicotine gum. I like a brand called Habitrol or one of these kind of mints totally gives you a fantastic boost. You're like on top of it. You feel wonderful. And uh, I think it's just a great little nootropic that I, because the half life is shorter, it won't mess with your sleep the same way having coffee at two or 3 PM would. And uh, again, everyone's different, but I find for my brain, my body, I feel wonderful on a low dose of nicotine. Other times I I do like a stack of like a supplement, like oral nootropic, like Qualia, Qualia Minds makes a good caffeine-free uh, nootropic stack. I really like uh, a company called Thesis. Thesis makes a variety of different nootropic stacks that I really like. So I'll mix in some of these from time to time. And so this is the time I really find that it gives me this big surge in output during the latter half of the day when a lot of people were kind of fading and not having as big of a, not having as much performance during the, you know, two, three, 4 p.m. window. And I usually have back-to-back patient consults or podcast interviews during these afternoon time slots. So I like to be on my A-game. I like to show up fully, provide the most value I can. And because I'm typically seated during these calls in my office, because a lot of them are on Zoom, sometimes they'll be on phone. I'll pop back on my treadmill and kind of walk and talk. But whenever they're on Zoom, I like to take quick breaks in between my appointments, in between my consults for what I call trigger sessions. This is a quick you know, 60 to 90 second break where I'll just get up off my butt. I'll do. 20, 25 pushups, okay, right back to work. Or I'll do 20, 25 air squats, get right back to work. You can do any exercise, any rep count, but the idea is just to break up that sedentary time with a brief burst of physical activity, which will enhance blood flow to the brain, enhance your focus, your concentration, your overall executive function, but it'll also create this trigger, this metabolic trigger, where it's fantastic for a fat loss strategy to, especially if you're behind a desk on a computer long for long stretches throughout the day not only will this help your productive output but it will also be transformative for your metabolic health and for maintaining a healthy body weight and for having this stimulus to help build muscle and all these things and it's not a workout you're not going to sweat you're not going to be like out of breath i'm talking like 45 60 seconds worth of push-ups or sometimes i'll have like a kettlebell my office i'll do some kettlebell swings uh do some pull-ups on like a doorway pull-up bar But you can do any exercise. You can do anything that you want. And this is a really effective strategy. I like to do lunges, squats, things like that, burpees um, to really maximize. And so, just every hour or so, I'll kind of mix these in throughout the afternoon. So, I might do four or five of these trigger sessions. And we're talking four or five minutes worth of exercise in totality. So, it's not like you're burning a ton of calories. It's not like you're putting a ton of output, but it makes a world of difference to break up that sedentary time uh, for many reasons. So, I love doing those. And then, I usually eat dinner around 4 p.m. I know a lot of people are like, dude, 4 p.m. dinner, what? Uh, But I am a huge advocate of eating an early dinner for a multitude of reasons. For one, many days I'm just moving and grooving through my day. So I rarely eat lunch. Sometimes I'll have a snack like a meat stick or can of sardines or something like that. Uh, But most of the time I have this big ass morning smoothie I outlined to you. And then I go strong all the way until dinner. So I eat from 9, 9.30 up until, you know, finish that smoothie usually around 10, 1030. And then I'll be pretty hungry by the time dinner time rolls around at 334, 430 sometime in there. And because I'm eating early, it's setting me up to sleep like a champ, gives my body plenty of time to digest my food before I relax and wind down for the evening. And I just think that it's very in line with human circadian biology to eat food earlier in the evenings while it's it's still light out. And that eating late, especially before bed, like eight, nine, 10 PM. It's one of the worst things you could do from a nutrition and overall longevity perspective. I think having that overnight fast where your stomach is totally empty by the time you go to bed. So if I eat dinner, let's say around 4 PM, I'm usually done eating by 4 30 to five, you know, I eat a lot of food. So I don't rush through it. And typically that's about 30 to 45 minutes, sometimes a little longer. And then by the time I'm done eating, you know, by 4 30 to five, I'll have a good four, four and a half hour window between that and going to sleep at like nine, nine thirty, ten. just so typically want to go to bed, and it is just freaking amazing for your health in so many ways. So I'm a big proponent of that. I know that doesn't work with everyone's schedule. This wraps up part two of the part three series, three part series. Be sure to subscribe so you're notified when I publish part three on the podcast. And it's gonna be the evening portion of the day. So what I do after dinner, what I do to wind down, how I optimize my sleep with different practices and strategies. So be sure to tune into that so you can really cap off this three-part series on how to optimize your day. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found it helpful, please share it along to anyone else you believe it can serve. You can submit your own question to be answered on the show by going to ryankennedyhealth.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the show. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as possible with this information. Please note the information depicted in this episode is purely for informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional before making any changes to your lifestyle or routine.